the Apostle Paul, there's 135 scriptures in the New Testament, in the Bible actually, from Genesis to Revelation about thanks, thanksgiving. I looked it up in my, my Strong's. 135 scriptures, thankfulness, thanksgiving. And uh, one thing I noticed about the Apostle Paul, and the Lord brought this to my attention as I was scanning all these scriptures, you know, looking at them, is that every single church that he prayed for, as a pattern, I noticed he started out by giving thanks for them. Every single church. And I thought, hmm, what is it about that? Because when, you, when you're thankful for the people that you're praying for, it keeps your head on straight, keeps the right attitude. I don't know about you, but I've prayed for people and I was mad at it. For, you know, I didn't do very much. Amen. But to be grateful and to be thankful for one another and just, Father, I thank you for so-and-so and I thank you like we prayed today. Father, we thank you for our leaders of our country, our president, vice president, Lord. And, uh, and you enter into his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise, you know. And it just, something happens when you're grateful. You know, Jesus is grateful and thankful for you too. You know that? He's not just tolerating you, he's celebrating you. <laughs> Have you ever felt tolerated by somebody before? That's not very nice, is it? But Jesus doesn't tolerate you. He celebrates you, faults and all. Because he knows he's invested everything he has in us. I mean, there's no turning back. God has given everything. He's invested everything in us. And he has faith in the God that lives on the inside of us that we're going to make it. Amen? Praise the Lord. Brother Hagin said one time, you know, he had a, a son-in-law, his name was Buddy Harrison, he's in heaven now, but he, he was in a really backslidden condition before he married his daughter, you know what I mean? And, uh, and the Lord instructed him, I remember him saying this, he says, he goes, you may not have faith in him in the natural, he goes, but you can have faith in the God that lives on the inside of him, in Buddy Harrison, Okay. And so he began to release us. I've got faith on the God that lives on the inside of him. He might be a baby Christian making all kinds of mistakes, but I've got faith in the God that lives on the inside of him. And you know what? He rose up. He came up, glory to God, became a pastor of several churches in Tulsa. Started Harrison House Publishing Company. Amen. But it started with having faith in the God that lives on the inside. So always remember this. If you're praying for someone and they're saved but they're messing up and so forth, have faith in the God that lives inside them that the good work he began he will complete. Philippians 1.6 says the good work he began he will complete. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles today, let's go over to uh, the book of Psalms. Psalm 91. And... Uh, we're going to pick up where we left off last week. And we've been talking about divine protection. Say divine protection. Is that available for believers today? Of course it is. Now, of course, there's conditions to divine protection, just like anything else. Just like being saved, you know, legally speaking, Jesus died for the sins of the whole world, did he not? Now, does that mean that every, everybody automatically is saved and they're going to go to heaven? No. They have a part. They have to hear and they have to believe. Okay? You're smart because you chose to believe. Amen. Without seeing anything. Blessed are they that have not seen but yet believe. You didn't see Jesus but you believe on Him. Amen. You're blessed. And there are conditions to, uh, to divine protection. But the thing I want to cover is this, is that divine protection does belong to every one of us. Now, we covered the first point, which I'll just mention briefly because of time. 
Uh, CDs are available back there, so make sure you go ahead and pick up one of those if you haven't already. But the first condition to God's protection is to be a doer of the Word of God. And we looked at that situation about the two men that built, one built his house on the rock, the other built his house on the sand, and the same storm came against them, remember that? But the one that was left standing was the one that not only heard the Word, but did the Word and put it into practice. Amen? So, we covered that. Now, the second thing that we're talking about, divine protection. You look at the Old Testament, all through the Old Testament, and then going back into the New Testament, you'll see that there were several occasions where God had to come through and intervene and bring protection to people like Abraham, people like Moses, people like Noah. Amen? David, Elijah, Elisha, and all the prophets of God, Jeremiah. And then you go to the New Testament, all the apostles and so forth. How God would bring divine protection for them. This divine protection is not just for a select few, as we read in the scripture, but it's for whosoever will. Now the second point that I want to bring out is mentioned in Psalm 91. And let's just, I'm just going to read, it's only 16 verses here, won't won't take us very long. But I want you to see something here. This is, we're going to pick up from last week about divine protection on the second point. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Verse 2, I will say of the Lord. Now remember what Brother Dan brought out this morning about I will decree a thing and it shall be established unto me and the light shall shine upon my ways. That's exactly what this is saying right here. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. Now there's 16 verses in, the, in Psalm 91. 16 verses. Say 16. Okay, now this is the Psalm of Moses. The only part that we have in, we'll read the rest of it here, the only part, and we brought this out last week, that we have in Psalm 91 is verse 1 and verse 2, our part. See, with every promise of God, you have God's part and then you have our part. Right? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That's God's part. What's the second part? That whoever believes on Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's our part. Grace did His part, and then our faith reaches out and grabs hold of the grace. God did that for us. I believe that. Do you see the connection right there? So in Psalm 91, you have these marvelous, and we'll read the rest of it here in just a second here, you have these marvelous deliverances from a thousand fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, all these different plagues and things coming against you, you know. But our part in this is to do verse 1 and verse 2. Now look at verse uh, 3. It says, this is God's part. He says, Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler, from the noise and pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers. Under his wings you shall trust. His truth, or his word is the truth, shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the air that flieth by day, or the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor the destruction that wasteth at noonday. This is destruction, pestilence, uh, sickness, disease. Okay. Then verse 7 a thousand shall fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, <coughs> but it shall not come near thee. Mm. 
Only with your eyes you will behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. There shall no evil. No evil. Say no evil. No evil evil will befall you. Neither shall any plague come near your dwelling. For the Lord has given His angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion, these are demons and devils, lion and adder, the young lion and dragon thou shalt trample under feet. Because He has set His love upon me, that's us. Therefore, God says, I will deliver him. I'll set him on high because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me. I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. Now, God never said that trouble wouldn't come, but He says, I'll be with you in trouble. What does that mean? That means He's going to bring you through. (laughs) He's going to bring you out. He says, I'll be with you in trouble. I will deliver him, honor him. And then the cap it off, verse 16, with long life, I will satisfy him and show my salvation. Say long life. God promises us long life. Life. Now, if you read Genesis chapter 8, you're going to find out that God promised uh, uh, them 120 years. Moses, he said, man's days shall be 120 years. Hallelujah. So, we have the potential to live at our fullness 120 years. 120 years. Amen. Now, I'll probably do a subject a teaching on that by itself at some point. Okay. I'll tell you what I will do, though, is this. I'm going to make a CD. Len and Kathy just did a CD a couple of months ago on Long Life as a radio broadcast that they did. I'm going to make a copy of that for everybody in this room. Merry Christmas. I'm going to bring it to you next week. And I just didn't think of it until right now, but I'm going to bring you a copy next week and just let it really sink in and be a blessing to you. Some people think that if you live 70 years, that's a long time. That's not. Amen? But God says... That from this psalm here, that our part is, look at verse 1 and 2. It says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now, I believe uh, that Scripture interprets Scripture. Scripture will interpret Scripture, you know. So, I say, okay, well, secret place. Where do we see that phrase? Well, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus was saying about, talking about, He's talking about praying and giving and fasting, but not like the hypocrites. He goes, don't let your motives be pure. He goes, when you pray, he goes, don't pray just to be heard of men so that they're impressed by your big words. Okay? Now, he's not saying it's wrong to pray publicly. He's talking about the hard attitude. But he said, pray, when you pray, he goes, pray to your Father which is in secret or the spirit realm. And he shall reward you openly. That's the natural realm. And that's something. You're back there in your prayer closet. I tell you, the only person you need to impress in your prayers is the Lord. Praise God. There's sometimes, I pray, most of the time I'm praying, I'm by myself. I'm all by myself, you know. I'm down in my basement on my leather chair sitting back and I'm praying. The only person that hears me is God. That's the only person I want to hear me. Amen. But the secret, Jesus said the prayer place is your secret place because that's your connection with earth and heaven, Okay. But then verse 2 it says, I will say of the Lord. I will say of the Lord. Now why why is that so important? Because what you say 
is fixing the landmarks of your life. What you say, I will say of the Lord. Now one day in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus came to his disciples and he was curious and he said, who are people saying that I am? And some of the disciples spoke up and they said, well, some say thou are Elijah. Some say you're John the Baptist risen from the dead or one of the other prophets, you know. And these are some big league people that he's, that are, they're, they're saying, you know what I'm saying? Well, that didn't satisfy Jesus. He said, well, okay, I hear what they're saying. He says, but who do you say that I am? And I believe God's asking that same question today. Who do you say that I am? I am. Amen. And Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Remember that? And Peter and Jesus said, the flesh and blood had not revealed that to them, but my father, which is in heaven. And he said, I'm going to build my foundation of the church upon this revelation. Amen. It wasn't Peter. It was the revelation that Jesus was the Christ. And he got that not by flesh and blood. In other words, the Holy Ghost taught him apart from the five physical senses. Amen. See, in our universities and in our learning institutions in, the, in, the, you know, in America, it's, we learn through our five senses what we can see, what we can feel, what we can hear, what we can taste, what we can see and touch and so forth. We call that our five physical senses. But there's a sixth sense called faith where the Spirit of God can teach us things that our flesh doesn't even know about, that our mind doesn't know about. This is what happened to Peter that the Lord imparted to him revelation knowledge that this is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And just like Peter, now this is prior to the new birth, this is prior to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He was not born again yet, but yet God spoke to him in his mind, in his spirit. And he said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Right answer. Amen. What you say, this is the second part that we want to talk about today when it comes to receiving deliverance and protection, is what are we saying? What are we saying? You ever notice that when the Israelites came out of Egypt and, you know, the story that God led them out with an outstretched arm, they went through the Red Sea, God split the waters, you know, and there's a wall on one side and a wall on the other side. And they're walking through and there's a shark there, there's another fish there, there's an octopus there. They could probably see that stuff, you know what I'm saying? But it had no power over them. Amen. Well, God brings them through, drowns the Egyptians in the Red Sea and so forth, and then they march, they're going towards the promised land, you know. And uh, they're out there in their wilderness, and they had, of course, they had tents. They had, because they were on the move. You know, they couldn't build permanent places, so they had tents. And the Bible says that the, concerning the Israelites, that they murmured in their tents. They murmured in their tents. And they had a murmuring problem. Do you ever notice that with the Israelites? They had, uh, uh, just belly aching all the time. And they forgot about all the great things that God did for them, because, see, God wanted them to trust Him. Every step of the way. But every time their back was up against the wall, I mean, they just, God just split the Red Sea and all of a sudden now they're thirsty, they need water. They start saying like, would to God that we were back in Egypt. And they, this would come out of them. You know what I'm saying? Instead of being grateful and thankful. You remember that? And the Bible says that God heard them murmur in their tents. And sometimes we think, no one hears me. We could be in our house, we could be with somebody, we could be, you know, in a private place, and we think we can say whatever we want, and God's not going to hear us. Oh, no way, man. He hears exactly what you say. 
You remember when Jesus, after the resurrection, he appeared to his disciples and Thomas wasn't there? Remember that? And so here comes Thomas after the fact. See, doubters always miss out. All the disciples were in the room and Jesus appeared. But who wasn't there? Thomas wasn't there. Okay? Now, folks, he didn't stay doubting Thomas. I'll tell you that right now. He changed. Glory to God. And, uh, and as soon as Jesus, the second time, appeared, he goes, uh, Thomas, come here. <laughs> Reach hither your... Because remember, he, he, the Jesus, he said to the disciples, G, uh, Thomas said, I'm not going to believe this unless I can see the imprint of his nails and touch them and so forth and so on. Remember that? And as soon as Jesus appeared the next day, he said, come here. He said, touch my hands, touch my side. And he said, my Lord, my God. You can read about this in John 20. Amen. And Jesus made this statement. He says, blessed are they that have not seen yet believe. Now, when Thomas said that, supposedly Jesus, he didn't think Jesus could hear him, but Jesus heard that. He was murmuring. He was complaining. He said, I'm not going to believe this stuff unless I can feel it, touch it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but Jesus made this statement. He says, blessed are they that have not seen yet believe. So you can say a lot of times people, they think believing is seeing. You know, if you see something, then you believe. No, God says believing, then you'll see. Jesus said, if I told you, if you believed, you'd see the glory of God. See, believing is the key. I believe, I have faith, I have trust. Praise the Lord. Even if I haven't seen anything yet. Have you seen Jesus, anybody in the flesh here? Do you believe in Him? Okay. Hallelujah. You're blessed. You're blessed. Couldn't beat it out of you with a baseball bat. Thank you, Jesus. Because you believe. Amen. When you can have that kind of faith in your Savior, you can have that same kind of faith that can be... Faith works the same in every realm. It works the same with your salvation. It works the same with healing. It works the same with financial increase. It's you believe it and you say it. You believe it and you say it. Praise God. Now, we, we can develop in these things. But he said in verse 2, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God, and Him will I trust. All right, so number one, verse number one, we pray, we're seeking the Lord. Number two, we say of the Lord, what are we supposed to say? Lord, you're my refuge and you're my fortress, and I trust in you. That doesn't sound like a whole lot, does it? But guess what? When you practice that verse, I will say, make it personal, I will say of the Lord, Lord, you are my refuge, my fortress, my God, and you I will trust. Glory to God. Now, you're old, maybe you're old enough to remember that cartoon, Mr. Magoo. Anybody remember Mr. Magoo? No. <laughs> Basically, he was, he was a blind man. <laughs> and uh, he's always laughing and stuff, you know, and I don't know. I used to watch that when I was a kid, but... That it, he was so clueless what was around him. He would just go, and he was in really dangerous situations. You know, this is a car, cartoon, you know. And, it, and cars would just miss him like that. He said, oh, and he'd start laughing or something, you know. And, and, uh, but it's like when you trust the Lord, there's so many things that, that could have, should have came in contact with you. But when you're walking with the Lord, it just bypasses you. And when you get to heaven, there will, become a, there will come a time in heaven, I know this, 
that God will show you all the times that you averted danger because you listened to the Holy Ghost and angels came through to work on your behalf. Now the key is, is this. Number two, verse two, I will say of the Lord. What are we saying determines what we will receive in this life. We can't be saying things, if it wasn't for bad luck, I have no luck at all. You know how it is this time of the year, flu season, people say things like this. Now you've got, you got commercials on TV. Doesn't it amaze you? I know it does me. How, much, how I, they're drug pushers on television now, pushing their drug. Every day it's some kind of a new, new drug or something, you know. And then they give the list of side effects and premature death and everything, you know. You know what I'm saying? They talk real fast so you don't get it at the end. But you'll hear things like, like I recently, I just heard, I think it was the, uh, our local news, which is terrible anyway. They are so negative. My goodness. And uh, they said, it's flu season. It's time to get your shots. You know, it's going to be really bad. Now, nothing's happened yet. But they're prophesying the flu. Okay? I heard that. I was there by myself and I said out loud, I said, it's not coming to this house in Jesus' name. Nope. But you know what? When I heard those words, I felt fear hitting my head. Okay? I felt it. I was like, no, I know where that's from because when you hear fear, you know who's talking to you. I know they're trying to do their thing and their due diligence and help people, you know, but they don't even know they're a puppet for the devil. Okay? They act like flu season is like baseball season. (laughs) Football season. Yeah, that's right, the opener. But, you know, here's the thing. What you say will determine whether or not that can come to your house. Now, how many of you have a door at your house, whether you're a house or apartment, you have a door? Okay, someone comes to your door, knocks on your door, all right? How many of you know that you have a choice whether you will open up the door or keep the door closed? Amen? Amen? (laughs) If the Jehovah Witnesses show up, I keep the door closed. The Mormons show up in their white shirts and long ties. Because I've tried talking to them before. They are not open. Okay? I'm not going to give them the time of day because they're not open. Okay? Now, there may be some that are. But my point being is this. You cannot help who knocks on your door, but you can certainly help who you open up and invite in and entertain. Okay, so uh, you hear stuff, you see stuff, you know, and it, it comes. You, you have a choice, but you have to say it out loud. You say, no, uh, this isn't going to come to my house. This, I am not getting the flu this year. I will never get the flu in Jesus' name. Brother Dan shared his testimony about how those symptoms just in the healing school... Marvelous. Amen. Every symptom of the flu just came on him. He said, no, 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 we're making a choice. Come here, honey, lay hands on me. I'm green right now. I'm healed. And before you know it, those symptoms were all gone. Well, see, the devil's purpose and the devil's plan was to get him wiped out for a week and a half with those flu symptoms. How many of you know that? (laughs) Make you feel miserable. Who's behind the flu? The devil. Demon spirits. 
Okay? But here's the thing. What you say will determine... We don't want to be loose lips. Okay? We don't want to be loose lips. We don't want to just be saying everything that comes down the pike. Other people might be rehearsing and talking about things, but you don't have to be a partaker. There's times under my breath when I was with somebody said, no, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. You know? And people say stuff like this. That just kills me. It's like a, a buzzword that people use. You're killing me, buddy. You're killing me. You shouldn't be saying that first and foremost because the devil is a legalist and he will take your words and eventually bring that to pass. Okay? Amen? I know of people that said, I'll never live past 40. They said that. And guess what? They didn't. They prophesied their own future. Now, that wasn't God's plan. That wasn't God's purpose. But what are we saying? What are we saying? I will say of the Lord, Lord, you are my refuge, my fortress, my God. In you I will trust. Now, if we do that on a daily basis, now it didn't take very long to do that. You can get it in the shower. You can say that. You can drive down the street. You can say that. And I'll be honest with you. I get so excited when I say this because I know it works. Because if truth frustrates us, we don't have a revelation of it. I will say of the Lord, you are my refuge, my fortress, my God. In you I will trust. Amen. Now that doesn't mean, I'm going to say something here. You don't have to be perfect in the flesh for these things to work. Because none of us are perfect in the flesh. All of us have little idiosyncrasies and things in the natural. We all do. But God's not looking at that. The scripture says that we're not to look at one another after the flesh anyway. Well, if God tells us that, then He's not looking at us after the flesh either. He's looking at our hearts. I will say, now, real quickly here, uh, for the sake of time, go to Matthew chapter 4 and verse 11. We're not going to read the whole verse here because of time here this morning. I want to let you out of here in time for Christmas today, okay? So, yeah. But you remember, last week we saw this, that in the, in, the, in the wilderness temptation, where the Spirit of God led Jesus into the wilderness there to be tempted of the devil. This is the only place that you're going to find in the Bible where God led somebody into temptation. Because Jesus had to suffer the temptations so that he could know what it was like being a man. All right? He passed the test that Adam failed. He's called the last Adam in 1 Corinthians. All right? But you remember that Jesus was tempted of the devil three different temptations. Remember that? And every single time... When the devil came to him with the three separate temptations, Jesus' response was, it is written. It is written, it is written, it is written. And then he quoted scripture. Of course, that was Old Testament. New Testament wasn't written yet. But we can read about it here. And so Jesus resisted the devil when the devil came with those thoughts. If you'll fall down and you worship me, I'll give you all these kingdoms. That was a legit temptation. Because they were delivered unto him. Adam's sin delivered the authority in this earth to the devil, and he became the God of this world, 2 Corinthians 4 4. Okay? And the devil said, If you'll fall down and you'll worship me, I'll give you all these kingdoms. That was a valid temptation. And Jesus said, It is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shall you worship. The first temptation, he was with, with food. You know, he was fasting for 40 days. You know, you get kind of hungry after 40 days. <laughs> 
And he saw those stones. He said, if you'll turn these stones into bread, he goes, he goes, uh, you know, and Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Okay, I know I'm going quick here. But three times Jesus said, it is written, it is written, it is written. And then here's the finality in verse 11. It says, then the devil leaveth him. Say, the devil left him. Remember the scripture in James, resist the devil, and he'll what? Didn't say he'll camp out. He said, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That word flee means to run as if in terror. That's what it means. So, what Jesus, okay, here's the point I'm making is this. He said words. It is written. It is written. It is written. But then in verse 11 it says, that the devil left him. And what's the latter, what's the next part? What's the next part there? It says, And behold, the angels came and ministered unto him. There's a twofold blessing when you speak the word of God. First of all, the devil leaves, and then secondly, the angels come and they minister to you. Isn't that wonderful? Just by saying the word, just by saying the scripture. The angels came. Now, they didn't come just because he was the Son of God. He came, they came to help him and assist him because he spoke words from heaven. Now, this gets really good. Look at uh, Psalm 103. Go to Psalm 103, and we'll get into more of a detail than we shared last week here. And I want, I want you to show something here. Oh, thank you, Lord. This is so exciting. <laughs> Psalm 103, verse 20 says, Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength. Underline the word excel. Okay, this is talking about the angels. God's angels for us, they excel in strength. In other words, they're not wimpy. They're not weak. They are strong, strong, strong. Are you with me? Bless you the Lord, ye his angels that excel in strength. Notice this phrase. Hearkening to the voice of his Word. Hearkening to the voice of His Word. Now, Brother Dan, can I use your Bible for a second here? Okay. How many of you believe this is the Word of God? This is the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation. All right. Can you hear it? Can you hear it? Psalm 1 and 3, verse 1 and 2. Read that. 1 and 3, verse 1 and 2. Is that Psalm? Is that on, Josh? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Okay. Did you hear his word that time? Yes. Okay. All right, that's good. Notice it says they hearken to the voice of the word. 
We are the ones that give voice to the word of God. When Jesus resisted Satan in the wilderness, he didn't just look at him and say, he could have, you know, he opened his mouth and he said something and he said scripture. Yeah, Pastor Keith, but that's Jesus. I know it is Jesus, but Jesus Christ is showing us how to act in this life, how to respond in this life, how to deal with demonic pressure when it comes against us. When the Bible says, submit yourself to God, resist the devil and he'll flee from you, then that must mean that we can resist the devil and he will flee from us. Glory to God. Let me tell you something. When you resist the devil, you resist him with the word of the living God. And you get some scripture and you say, it is written, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. But you see, when you do that, folks, you're going to find out that the, the, the devil will lie to you and says, you really think that's going to do anything? You might just open your mouth and say in the scripture, he'll lie to you about that. So you think if, if you sp- sp- say a word, by his stripes you were healed, you think that's really going to heal you? See, the devil will lie about that. He'll say, no, the, the word doesn't work. It just works for a select few. No, the Word of God works for whosoever will. All right, so it says, Bless the Lord, ye His angels that excel in strength, that do His commandments, hearkening to the voice of His Word. So they hearken to your voice when you say what God says. Amen? Now I'll give you an illustration of something bad that happened to me years ago. And I caused it myself. I literally caused it myself. Almost cost me my life. <laughs> I was a first-year Bible school student in 1982 going to Rama Bible Training Center. I wasn't married yet. We were engaged, you know. And I was in my apartment with my two roommates. Actually, one roommate was there, you know. And uh, the sky looked really dark outside, you know. And I said these words. I said... I said, Mark, he was my roommate. I said, Mark, wouldn't it be cool to see a tornado? I said those very words. I said, it'd be really cool to see a tornado, you know, because I'm from the north. We never see them up here, you know, you know. I said those words. All this, the sky was just dark like a normal, like a rainstorm or something, you know what I mean? I said those words. Kind of jokingly, you know, like, it'd be really cool to see a tornado, wouldn't it? Uh, you know, I said that. Well, about 30 seconds later, the devil granted my wish. Okay? Now I'm at Burning Tree Apartments in Broken Air, Oklahoma, on the second floor of my apartment complex. And I could look out my window and I could look over and within 10 miles, I think you could see it because it's real flat there, you know. So any big buildings, you're going to see them from miles away. And Oral Roberts University, this, this, the uh, um, City of Faith, they built that hospital there. It's massive, tall building, you know. I could see that from my apartment window, okay. I could see it. It's 10 miles away as the crow flies. And all of a sudden, I see... Like the Wizard of Oz, <laughs> a tornado. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I see a lady riding a bike. 
No, I didn't see that. But I, it, this was happening so fast and so, so, I mean, just ridiculously fast. And all of a sudden, out of the clouds, this tornado came down, and, and it was like hitting like houses, like go up, down, up, down like this. And I'm looking at this. My roommate, we're looking at this. Our mouths are just, our jaws are dropping. We're like, oh, my God. And, I, and you could see it would touch down, came right out of the clouds, and sucked up like roofs and shingles. You could see dirt and stuff, and whatever it hit, it would suck it right up inside the funnel, okay? And it sounded like, say, it sounds like a freight train. Absolutely, it does, okay? You know what those sound like. I mean, it, it was a freight train, dear God. And, and so I, it looks like it's about a mile away, something like that. You know, and we're just spellbound looking at this tornado. Remember, I just released these words. Wouldn't it be cool to see a tornado? Okay? Be careful what you say. <laughs> because in a few minutes, I'm eating my words, <laughs> you know. And all of a sudden, this tornado, it could go any which way. It decides to make a beeline towards us. It's coming right at us, okay? We're starting to freak out and panic. I've got thoughts in my mind, you know, you know, Bible school students die in a tornado accident. I'm in my first year at Bible school. I've got these thoughts coming at me like machine gun bullets, okay? And uh, this thing came across Memorial Drive, came across in our apartment complex. There were several different buildings, okay? It was all the same under Burning Tree Apartments, but there were several different buildings, this, this, this tornado came, it just came right across the road. You could hear cars screeching and everything, you know. And it came across and it, it touched down on one of the, the side apartments, which was right across the parking lot from where I was, and it sucked out a window, just, just pulled it right out. The window just sucked it right out, knocked over a tree, and it was heading towards us. This is happening so fast and so rapid. And then at that point, we decided we better do something about this, my roommate and I. So we hit the floor. Let me tell we our flesh. We hit the floor, and we started speaking the scriptures. I'm telling no weapon formed against us shall prosper in Jesus' name. I remember that scripture. You know, that was a weapon. It was formed. It was coming. And, and all of a sudden, we, just, we, we, we didn't hear it anymore. We, we got off up the floor, and we realized it was gone. Wherever it went, it went back up and went over somewhere else. But it, it came within 100 yards of where I was. It came within 100 yards. Okay? Now, remember, I just released those words. It would be cool to see a tornado. That's like saying, wouldn't it be cool to get in a, in a car accident just to see what it feels like? Are you kidding me? Amen? So, what we say... Now, that's an extreme example of something, but what about our everyday talk? What about our everyday talk? What are we saying in our house? What are we saying in our tents, so to speak? What are we saying about ourselves? Okay? Uh, remember, Jesus asked the disciples, he said, who do you say? What do you say? Who do you say that I am? He was looking for a personal response from them. And Peter chose the right answer. And I believe today that the Lord is saying, you know, uh, what are you saying on a daily basis? No weapon formed against me shall prosper. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Folks, when I'm saying what the Bible says, I don't worry about wrecks, accidents, plane crashes, you know. Let me just step out on a limb here. You don't want to watch that show, Why Planes Crash. No. 
If you're getting ready to take a flight somewhere, why planes crash? Okay? Because I can tell you whatever faith you have will be pulled out of you. <laughs> why planes crash? Did you ever see that before? Or heard about that, you know? Well, those are the kind of shows you get the clicker and you, nope, we're not watching that. We're not watching that. Of all the millions and millions of planes that, around the world, I don't know how many millions, that go up every single day from every country, and yet you only hear about the one crash or the one accident, and it's, the percentage is so low, so low. Okay? But see, Satan will take that one little percentage or whatever, that, that point, whatever, you know, and he'll use that and put, to build a case inside your mind about fear. There's more crack, car crashes than there are, way more than there are airplane accidents. I can tell you that right now. But my point is this. When you say, the Lord is my refuge, the Lord is my fortress, my God and Him will I trust. He will do the rest. Surely He will deliver you from the snare, the fowler, from the pestilence and the plagues, you know. He even said a thousand can fall at your side and you're, ten thousand at your right hand, but it won't come near you. Now, is that just a, a fancy little song for Moses and the, and the uh, Israelites? No, that's for you and for me today. I will say of the Lord, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Let's go to one more scripture here. We'll close here. In uh, Psalm 107. Psalm 107. This really just ties right into with, with, I didn't know, with healing school today about what you shall decree. You shall decree a thing and it shall be established unto you and the light shall shine upon your ways. You will decide and you will decree. Well, when you say Psalm 91, verse 1 and 2, you are deciding and you are decreeing. The Lord is my refuge. The Lord is my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Praise God. See, pestilence, accidents, tragedies are looking for an avenue to get into our lives. But we can shut the door. We can shut the door. Pastor, do you mean just saying words can stop that? You better believe it. You see, God, does, God did the hard part. Think about your salvation. Think about what God did sending His Son. Think about what Jesus went through, the sufferings that He went through. He suffered more than any, any being, not just on the earth, but even after He left this earth and went to hell for three days and three nights. <laughs> Go from bad to worse. But He didn't do it for, uh, for Himself. He did it for you and for me. Amen? He paid a, a tremendous price for you and for me. But your salvation, like I said in the beginning of the message, it belongs to you, but you have to qualify for it. Now, I'm not talking about good works. I'm talking about believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. <laughs> Amen. So you have a part in that. Matter of fact, remember Romans, it says that, that if thou shalt believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Your mouth can reverse from going to hell to going to heaven. Spirit of God spoke to me 20 years ago or more. And he said, this is so strong in my spirit. So strong and I'll never forget it. It was like an imprint, like a branding in my spirit. 
And he said, Keith, if the words of your mouth changed your eternal destiny, how much more will the words of your mouth change the everyday affairs of your life? In other words, the greatest miracle took place. Your salvation, does it get any bigger than that? That's the greatest miracle, the new birth. Can I get an amen out there? Okay. The greatest miracle that exists is the new birth going from darkness to light. And you can't even see it with your physical eyes. It's the greatest miracle. But you know how it came? Jesus, I believe in you, however you said that. You said some words with your mouth. Jesus, I believe that you're Lord. And what happened? A miracle took place. All the devils in hell couldn't back up, couldn't stop you from receiving. They couldn't stop you. Because you believed it, you said it, and you just defeated millions of demons and devils because you became a child of God by saying words. Amen? Oh, I forgot a scripture. Go to Daniel. Hold your place there in Psalm. But go to Daniel chapter 10. One verse. Verse 12. Now Daniel had a dream. He was praying for the interpretation. Then an angel came to him. And made this statement in Daniel chapter 10, verse 12. And I want you to see the, the connection between words and your angels. Because they hearken to the voice of the word of God. Notice it says here, Then he said unto me, Fear not, the angel said that to Daniel. For from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard. And notice this, I am come for thy words. I am come for thy words. Now we saw last week in, Je in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 12 it says that God watches over His word to perform it. He hastens, the King James says, but it's actually watch over. God will watch over His word to perform it. Okay? And I wanted, to, wanted you to see the connection here how the angel came for what? For His what? Words. words. Say words. 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 Wives, it's really important what you say about your husbands. Husbands, it's really important what you say about your wives. Matter of fact, the Bible even says that concerning husbands that you can wash your wife with the water of the Word. In Ephesians it says that. So if you want good out of that man or that woman, start getting your tongue in line with what you want to see. And if you don't have a man or a woman, okay, <laughs> what you say can bring to pass the thing that you want. Okay? If I was single and I'm a guy and I said, I'd, I'd, I would say, and I was, I'm just hypothetically here, I'd say, Father, I thank you for a wife, potential wife that's on fire for God that loves you with all of her heart. I thank you for bringing it to pass in Jesus' name and just go on my merry way and serve the Lord. Amen. See, a lot of people, they don't have salvation. They have galvation. What do you mean by that? Well, I was young. I still am. But when I was younger, in my 20s, I was in a good church. And I had some buddies of mine that were my age. They wanted a woman. They were saved, filled with the Holy Ghost. Spoke with other tongues. But they were looking for a woman. Now, you'll, you'll see where I'm going with this, you know. And uh, 
The problem was they were trying to make it happen in the flesh, in the natural. Okay? In every one of those situations, ask me how I know because I used to be one of those. Okay? Praise the Lord. Don't everybody laugh out loud now, you know. That, that, that the Holy Ghost, I had, a desire, I had a desire to get married. God put that desire in there. You know, it's just like Paul told the, Timothy, he says, if any man have the desire to be an, a pastor, he desireth the good work. You know, God puts, he moves by desires, right? And I had this desire to get married to a woman. <laughs> Nowadays, you've got to qualify that. I'll never understand that one. Bless the Lord. <laughs> now here's the here was the problem. My my heart was sincere. I was very sincere about it. But I, you know, it seemed like those two or three women that I thought their potential, everything just fell through the cracks. It didn't work out. They were believers. I didn't go down to Joe's Bar and Grill and try to get a, a woman. Okay, I didn't do that. I knew better than that. But the Lord finally got my attention. He says, no, son, <laughs> in my heart. And I was just, I was crying the blues about this. Man, I was looking for scriptures to find out. Okay, how can I find a wife? You know, I'm looking through my living Bible. You know, they have a, what if you face this situation? There's all these scriptures. You know what I mean? And I'm looking diligently trying to find this. I haven't met my wife yet. <laughs> and, uh, and it just... It just two or three girls just came and they just fell through. It didn't work out. I thought, dear God, you know, what's the deal here? And the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, here's the problem, son. Now, I didn't hear it with these ears here, but I heard it inside my heart. He, he speaks to you. He said, here's the problem, Keith. He goes, you're wanting a woman more than you want me. Oh, that was a low blow. As I grabbed my gut almost like, oh. And he said this, and I could almost see a smile on God's face. He says, how about putting all that energy and that desire into me and then let me bring it to pass? Okay? And I did. For about a year, I quit looking. Okay? Are you with me now? And I put every ounce of money. I'm telling you what, I made a, I made a, see, repent just simply means to change your thinking. That's what, repent just means, you know, you're going north, now you go south. It just means the turnaround. And so I shifted the way, because I heard, I heard the Holy Ghost speak to me, and he says, you're putting all this energy into something that, that, that I am the one that bring that to pass. So for a solid year, for a solid year, I'm telling you what, man, I was at ch every church service, man, I'm telling you what, I was, every time they opened the doors, I don't care if it was for toilet cleaning, I was there. Okay, I was, every prayer meeting they had, you didn't have to ask me to show up. I was there. And then not only that, when I would go home, you know, at night after work, I'd get my teaching tapes out and I'd, I'd listen to them and do whatever I knew to do. I didn't know very much. But I, I just did everything I knew to seek the Lord, seek the Lord, seek the Lord. And I did. I put, I'm telling you, the God honest truth, I put 100% into it because what I was trying to do did, failed miserably. Failed miserably. One day, I'm in the same church, and I'm sitting up on the second row. They had pews in this church. It's a small church. And, uh, and there's probably 50 to 60 people in this church at the time. It was a word-based church, you know. Pastor went to the same Bible school I went to eventually. 
And, uh, and all of a sudden, I see these two girls get up and, you know, did a song for the uh, uh, offering. And one person was, my wife wasn't then, but Lynn, I never met her before, she played the flute, okay? She used to play for Penn State's Blue Band. She was in the, in the, in the, uh, the band up there, you know? And there's another girl playing the piano. And uh, they got up there, did their thing. And I looked at her. She didn't look at me. I looked at her. <laughs> and I, and now this is after a year of seeking God with all my heart. All that I knew to do. And the Spirit of God spoke inside my heart and said, that's your wife right there. Now, I didn't jump up and run up there and say, guess what? <laughs> she would have fled, and I don't blame her. She would have taken off. And, um, but she had a boyfriend in the church. And she, after her song was over, she went over and sat down next to him. He's a big guy. His name was Jim. Okay. He was on the other side of the aisle there, okay? She got done. She went over and sat down next to him. And I, Now, the Lord just spoke to me and said, that's your wife up there. And uh, so I said within my, within my heart, I told the Lord, I said, well, Lord, if that's true, then you're going to have to do something about that guy over there. <laughs> I said that. I can't wait to see the rerun of that one. Well, I'm not going to go into any, a lot of detail here, but let me tell you something. God said it, I believe it, and he supernaturally brought it to pass. Amen? Praise God. One of the first times I remember talking with my sweetheart, we were, we were, we were down on Liberty Avenue, not what you think, we were down there witnessing the people. Okay, the, the church went down there, and it was in the summer, you know, and, and they were teaming people up, and she, she happened to get on my team. I thought, well, praise the Lord. You know, and I decided I am backing off. I'm not going to try to make this. I'm not going to try to in the flesh make this. I know what my efforts have done, and it's no good. Okay, so I purposely took a back seat. I was just, praise the Lord, great to meet you. You know, but I remember she came up to me and she hit me like this. She punched me in the, that I loved it. <laughs> she came up. She goes, bam. She goes, how you doing? I never was greeted by a woman like that before. <laughs> and I blurted out, I do. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you know, God is so faithful. He's so faithful. I, had, I don't even, wasn't even going to share that this morning, but let me tell you something. When you pursue, Dan was talking about that this morning, praise God. He was said there's a common thread. I love how the Holy Spirit works. There's a common thread with the people that receive divine healing in the Bible or whatever they needed from God, whether it was a raising from the dead or whatever. They sought out. They sought out the Lord. They didn't just passively sit back. They sought out the Lord. And I'll tell you, for a solid year, maybe even longer than that, I, I know it was at least a year, I was just, I'm hungry for God. Lord, I want more of you. And I got so, and fell in love with Jesus, fell in love with him, that then when he brought it to pass, it was so easy. It was like I couldn't have made that happen in a million years. Amen? And I tell you, we just celebrated it was 35 years of marriage. 36. Okay. 
Okay. Yeah. And uh, and I'm I'm married to the desire of my heart. I can tell you that right now. Amen. I'm more in love with that woman than I've ever been in my entire life. Amen. And I mean that sincerely. Praise God. But I still, to this day, I look back and I think, only God could have done that. You know? And the Lord always reminded me, he says, no, son. He says, never forget. He goes, put me first. Seek me first. Because I'm telling you, I saw friends of mine. I was surrounded by people my age, you know. And they would come and they would get on the natural bandwagon, so to speak, you know. And, but their heart wasn't connected. They made a lot of bad choices and bad decisions that affected, to this day, affected their lives. Because they really weren't, they were, it was the heart God was looking at. He was looking for a heart that would seek first the kingdom of God. If, listen, if God's big enough to raise you from the dead, He's big enough to bring you that man or that woman into your life. He really is. But I believe the Holy Ghost is saying today, relinquish and let go of your own efforts of trying to do something, trying to make it come to pass which will only lead to frustration. Even if you made mistakes in the past with relationships, that's not a big thing to the Lord because He can turn it around and He can bring the right person into your life and you thought, how could it ever be this good? But He's able to do that. Okay? So many times... People are frustrated and upset and trying to work things out in the natural, in the flesh. Oh, work harder, work longer, do this, do that. But the Holy Ghost would say today, if you'll enter into the rest that I have for you, and yes, entering into my presence causes you to enter into my rest. When you enter into my presence, you will cease from your own labors and when you cease from your own labors, then I can bring things to pass that you so desire and long for. And you'll think, how could it be this easy? But know this, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. So come, come unto me. Seek me with all your heart. Put your spirit and your soul and your body into me this year. Put everything you have into me this year, and all things will work out. And you'll look back a year from now and you think, oh my goodness, look at what the Lord did. There's no way I could have made that come to pass. There's no way I could have caused that to come into my life. And you'll know, you'll know that when you drew near to me, when you sought me, when no one was looking, when it looked like nobody was paying attention, when it looked like everything was failure, doomed for failure, when you sought me and your roots got deeper in me, then I brought to pass the things that you desired and not only the things that you desire above and beyond. So this is the season. This is the time. For this is the refreshing. And this is the rest that I have for my children. Seek my will first, seek my kingdom first, and I will bring to pass all the desires of your heart, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 
Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. The scripture says the way of the transgressor is hard. But know this, when you try to do things in your own efforts, in your own strength, it will only lead to frustration, utter frustration. But get back, go back to the drawing board, so to speak. Go back to that place of prayer. Go back to that place of seeking me first, right where you're at in the situation that you're in. And revelation will come to you. Understanding will come to you. And it will be as if you were born again all over again. Joy will rise up in your heart. Joy will rise up in your spirit. Hallelujah. And you'll be so glad you followed the Lord. You'll be so glad that you followed His path. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Now that just rose, that, that just rose up in my spirit. I wasn't even, I had no premeditated thing there at all. But, the Lord spoke this morning. Amen? Do you have something? Oh, okay. Lynn, do you got anything? Okay. Well, let's thank Him. Praise you, Lord. Thank 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 you, Lord. We worship you, Father. Thank you today, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm reminded of uh, how God told uh, Abraham and Sarah that they were going to have a child when they're almost 100 years old. Remember that? You know the story, and you know from the natural, that's impossible. Anyway, they couldn't have kids when they were younger, let alone when they're almost 100 years old. But they had a word from the Lord, and Sarah, you're going to have a child. Abraham, you're going to become the father of many nations. But they tried to make the word come to pass by getting with Hagar. Abraham, Sarah suggested, well, there's Hagar. You know, she's young, you know. And uh, you know the rest of the story that, you know, I mean, something was working, obviously, because Abraham had kids with, yeah. <laughs> with Hagar, right? God's already working there. And, uh, but the problem is, there came a nation to this day. That's what you have, the, the Arabs and the Israelites, the, the war between. That's what the whole started with that. Because Ishmael was a child of the flesh where they tried to make it come to pass, and they did, okay? But, you know, they, 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 to this day it's caused major hell over in, that, in, the, in the Far East to this, to this day, okay? And Ishmael is a, is a, is a fleshly effort where Isaac is the promised child. Isaac came through Sarah. And you know what Isaac's name means? Laughter. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Something that was impossible. Ha, ha, ha. Your bills look impossible. Ha, ha, ha. That future mate looks impossible. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Amen. This past year, the Lord has told me a couple of different occasions. He goes, he goes, you need to start laughing right now. Boy, I did not feel like laughing. That's what I was facing. Bless the Lord. 
There was no natural reason to laugh. But the Holy Ghost said, laugh. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> now, why am I saying that? Because some of y'all need to start laughing by faith. When the devil says, that ain't going to happen to you. You know how long it's been since you've been praying about that. That's not going to come to pass. Ha, ha, ha. The devil says, I'm going to kill you with this disease. Ha, 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 ha. By his stripes I was healed. You're getting it, aren't you? Okay. It's a step of faith, but let me tell you something. It works. It works. When I had a golf ball-sized tumor on my left wrist right here where this watch is, the devil, the, the devil says, it's getting worse. It got bigger and bigger. You remember that story. And, and the Lord said, start laughing at it. Start laughing at this tumor on my hand? This is like 10 years, 15 years ago. And I would look at it driving in the car. I wasn't in front of any people. I'd say, ha, 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 just like that. I wasn't, there was no joke told. There was no three stooges. There was nothing, you know. But by faith, I said, ha, ha, ha. And before you know it, that thing left, disappeared, popped like a balloon, just left. Praise the Lord. And the Lord always reminds me of that. He says, you remember what happened to that thing? He says, now you can do the same thing with you face situations, difficulties in your life right now. I know some of you, without a word of knowledge or anything like that, but I just know that some of you are going through some difficult times right now. Some situations that have lingered there for a while. Why not take a different approach? Why not cast aside the normal way of doing things? Remember the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again but expecting different results? I know the Holy Ghost is, He's been challenging me with certain things in my life to come up in some areas. I'm like, oh, okay, I see that, okay? Because our normal response is when we face pressure is to, to bellyache about it, but the Holy Ghost says, start rejoicing right now. Right there in your house, right there in your car, right there in your bedroom, whatever, you know. Hallelujah, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. That's what the Bible calls the sacrifice of praise. When you don't feel like it, you sacrifice it. You give it up to Him. But something will happen in that sacrifice. It couldn't happen any otherwise because when you're praising Him, He's fighting your battles for you. And I'll leave you with that today. When you praise the Lord, you thank Him and you bless Him, He is fighting your battles for you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 20, when they were outnumbered, they were facing all kinds of enemies. When Jehoshaphat and the Israelites were facing adversity and they were, they were about to eat them up and their enemies came at them by the thousands, they were outnumbered. And they got, man, they, they hit the dust, man. I'm telling you, they began to pray and the Holy Ghost came upon Jehoshaphat, you know, and the prophet there and so forth. And he said, you'll not need to fight this battle. Set yourself, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. When, when adversity comes to get, uh, uh, come at you, you might think, I've got to roll my sleeves up and fight this thing. You know, listen, our warfare is in the Spirit. And I'll tell you what, when you praise God and you worship God and you thank Him, and the Bible says that, that the Lord sent the praisers out on the front lines of Israel. Don't you know that looks crazy? 
And you know what they said? The Lord is good and His mercy endureth forever. They sang it. They said it over and over again. Remember what you say. The Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. Let all Israel say, the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. Let's say, the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. It says, and after that, the Lord sent ambushments against the children of Ammon and Moab and all the enemies, and they turned, the enemy turned on one another, and they destroyed one another. I don't know how that happened, but God made it happen. I think that's what's going on with the media right now. <laughs> they turn on each other. <laughs> but you know what? The Bible says that the enemy, all they did was thank God and praise God. Now, to your mind, you're thinking, eh, there's got to be something else I can do here. Give me something to do. But God said, no, just thank him, praise him, thank him, praise him. And it said that when the enemy defeated, were, were defeated, they defeated each other through the Lord. It said it took them three days to recover the spoil. It was so great. Three days. Remember after three days? What happened there? Jesus was raised up and got all the spoils back for us. Amen. And our job is to go and gather it. Well, how do we gather the spoils? We start praising God. There's like two sermons here this morning. Amen. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So I would just admonish you and encourage you to start doing that. You might feel a little strange doing it. You might be, this might be new territory for you, but... Let me tell you something. You'll get used to it. I don't think twice anymore about praying in tongues, praying in the Spirit. It's just natural. I don't think twice about speaking the Word. It just comes to me. I just do it. It's part of my being. But at first it wasn't. Praising God can be, become second nature to you. Like, oh, thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Just like Paul and Silas when they were in jail, you know, backs bleeding. You know, feet and hands in the stocks, you know, and God came through and shook that prison and unloosed their bands and they were set free. But it came when they not only prayed, they sang praises to God. Hallelujah. You see, that's one of the highest types of faith. It is. When you can give glory to God before you see anything, that's the highest faith that there is. Anybody can shout and praise and sing after God comes through. Anybody can. It doesn't take any faith. But when, when, when you feel depressed and you feel oppressed and you feel like the weight of the world's coming in on you and yet you can stand there and say, Thank you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. Do it by faith. I may not feel anything, but I praise you, God. I thank you, Lord. I praise you. God is fighting your battles for you. He's got warrior angels out there fighting those things, changing, rearranging, altering, changing things. Glory to God. And you sit back there and you're like, Hallelujah. And you'll see, the, you'll see the outcome. It's a glorious outcome. Praise God. Mm. Amen. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you. Let's stand up. Amen. Mm. Praise the Lord. Victory is in the house. Victory is in the house. Victory is in my house. Amen. Victory, victory, victory is in your house. Victory is in your house. Amen. 
sweet victories in your house. I'm so glad we followed the Holy Spirit today. Oh, my, my. Thank you, Father. Glory be to God. For you see, laughter is associated with the promise, saith the Lord. For when the word came to Sarah, she laughed. For he says, she thought in her mind, it's ridiculous. Yes. I've been barren for years. I've been barren for years. But she received the promise. And after she received the promise and believed the promise, there was laughter. Yes, there was laughter before and there was laughter after. Yes. But the laughter after, saith the Lord, was a laughter and a rejoicing because the promise came to pass. The promise came to pass that the Most High God declared unto them. Yes, and even Isaac, his name is laughter because yes. it reflects the fruit of the promise it was given. Say yes, 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 yes. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That just kind of caps it off today, doesn't it?